Kicks me out again. The boomy boom. Just a little. Just. <laughs> Justin. They're so reflective. Oh, you've got buttons. I, I don't see have... everything in these. Yeah, but I can't hear them again. How's this? It's coffee time. Should we clap? Three, two, one. Chat's in. Well, I had a great start to the week because I had a day off in the shop. Yeah. Best thing ever. I want to do that every week. The whole day. Work out how to. The whole day. Wow. It was it was for my birthday. It was my birthday last week. Yeah, I asked yeah. Laura, asked me what I wanted for my birthday. I was like, just a day to myself in the workshop. And it coincided such that we moved the, contra- we worked during the controversial public holiday last week. And so the whole team wanted to switch it around and take this week off. Oh, sorry, this this Monday off. So, yeah, I just came in and, and, and spent the whole day noodling around. It was great. And just like that sense of getting to work and knowing that I had the full day ahead of me and I could just get distracted by whatever I wanted. <laughs> I had the workshop to myself. It was the best feeling. So, yeah, more of that, please. Mm-hmm. Did More you get anything good done, or is um, it just, like, for fun? No. Yeah, I did a lot of cleaning in the end, which was satisfying. Because I was partially, I had to get ready for our job interviews that were running on Tuesday. Hmm. But I made some silly things, like a snowplow for the forklift <laughs> to try and manage the the, uh, the drifts of sawdust that are around the factory a little bit better. <laughs> and that was a silly exercise. But that was that was fun, and yeah, it was just the sense of like unaccountable time. That oh was really yeah, mm. and yeah, quite rare these days. Yeah, I think about I have on my list three things here on like my sub list on the side of like if I have yeah, yeah. time, and I just like keep writing the same things down over and over that never actually happens. You know, same. It's like install things that are like superfluous or like you don't necessarily need them. For any of you watching this video, maybe only Gem on YouTube, I got this little arm and this new feature. It's not completely new. I think it came out with Ventura for Mac, but you can use an iOS device as your camera and microphone for like your Mac. And it's wireless. Am I seeing you through your phone now? Mm-hmm. I mean, Looks we pretty. can never tell because it's such crappy live streaming quality between us, but it looks way better for my end. Didn't realize we're jumping to software corners. What's new in software corner? <sighs> you did it. I was going to make one of those. Nice. Good. That's about it. That's all my software corner for today. But That's you need to go wonderful. look at the YouTube. That looks really good. I need to learn how to do it because it looks great. And that's why we can see him, huh? Yeah, a little wider, I think. I probably can change the view, but... So I also those did... Gorgeous, a... gorgeous reflections. Yeah. These... On those glasses. <laughs> oh, I, I made a YouTube video this weekend on the new, like, geometry selection features that Fusion kind of... Um, I'm just going to say forced on everybody because you can't turn them off. And some people are not happy about it. <laughs> I happen to like them, luckily. Haven't found any major problems with them yet. I've recorded the whole, like, every part of the video, audio, anything that's not a screen recording is done via 
this whole contextual camera it might be called i don't know what it's called this mac feature Mm. and this little arm and i put a microphone connected to my phone like an on-camera mic you know for like a dslr and it works amazing it's a little bit rougher audio than like this setup because it's just less costly of a setup but like it was almost live viewing blows my mind how does that work it's Mm. live recorded from a wireless device to your mat (laughs) what it's crazy amazing yeah looks great I don't know if I've got any software corner this week. I suppose an update. We haven't made any further progress ah. on the Kitta 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 Pata, as you call it. <laughs> I've got another meeting with Finland this afternoon. Jay and I are going to be on the call, and we're going to hopefully get some more technical answers out of someone on their mm-hmm. team about integration. We did get a quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it might be. <laughs> Recording soon. It's big dollars. <laughs> the integration cost was mm. quite high. So we want to chat to them about that, about why that's so high. So no major progress there. And the only other thing I've done this week is we had our sort of monthly, no, monthly, quarter, quarterly business planning session yesterday with Sarah and I and the coaches. Mm. Uh, and we updated our rolling sort of quarterly business plan. It's not a big business plan. It's a one-pager. It's sort of like, what are our top priorities for next three months, six months, and our profit goal for the year? And it's yeah. a rolling goal. And sort of I came off the back of that with a bit of a breakthrough of like, oh, like instead of my default diary being these like random blocks of marketing time, this time, like that don't directly relate to that bigger picture plan. I was like, cool, I'm just going to build my daily structure within this plan. Mm-hmm. So I, I typed, retyped it all out in Workflow or text, text, used text sniper, which is one of my favorite tools now. Thank you for that. Love that. So good. But yeah, I recreated this little mini business plan in Workflow and then I've kind of built my default diary and to-do list within the business plan. So some part of it. Hmm. So that in theory all my activities in some way contribute to this plan that will get us to where we want to be. So stay tuned. I'll see how that goes. But, um, interesting. Yeah. Interesting way of focusing. Things. Yeah. That is interesting. I don't, I don't have any major thoughts on that. I just want to see how it goes, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Early days. One of the things that we want to achieve in the next three to six months is to create a culture document for the business. Yeah. And I saw you had some super interesting little tidbits on that. Yeah, Rob Blockwood messaged me from listening to the last episode and made suggestions on when to break kind of like rules about pricing, jobs and stuff, when to go below minimums Mm. and how hard that is to like advise somebody else both you and i want our team to have some autonomy in making choices that are right had a good way to describe that and then rob was like alaska airlines which is a especially in the northwest up here in america he said they have this do the right thing policy and so I, mm-hmm. i'll put a link to it but kind of synopsis i understood was like we have rules we have guides but like if 
either another employee is doing something that's not maybe the right thing, you should report it. But also if it's in regard to like improving a customer experience or maybe in our case, it could be like, you know, somebody's working for a nonprofit and it's, and it's a really good cause. Like you should do the right thing. You should choose to do that because it's the right thing is my interpretation of it. I don't know about Alaska Airlines, but it's like, you know, don't stick to a rule that seems arcane in the moment because you on a personal yeah. level can understand the other person's issue. The thing I said back to Rob is like, I like that a lot because it's like, then you don't ever get the situation theoretically. That's like, well, the boss told me to do it. You know, like you don't get this, mm -hmm. like everybody has some accountability mm -hmm. and in this document, that's very corporate. It's like talks a lot about like, you know, there's no excuses. And you know, if you're doing the wrong thing, you, you will be held accountable. So it goes both ways, which I found very interesting. It does give a perfect, perfect, but imperfect answer to like, when you break the rules, <laughs> like, and I think it just gives a lot of like, I always like things where you give autonomy to, you know, employees or team members that it's not always like a top, like it shouldn't be a top down decision-making situation. Like everybody should have some ability. Like, I, like Pearson always talks about, it's like, you know, we don't want to hire robots to do people work. We want to mm -hmm. hire robots to do robot work and use the people <laughs> for their intelligence. Yeah. So I like that a lot. Yeah, I really liked it. I think it was a great way to, yeah, frame what we were failing to express last week. Rob. And just that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rob. That mini rule, break, rule breaking. Yeah, really cool. So mm -hmm. I've kept that note in my little cultural document that I won't get GPT to write for me. I hey, sure know. Yeah, super cool. <laughs> I, I mean, it's pretty bold for an airline to say break the rules there are really see that working really well in our yeah. context i i personally have found there's don't i don't like most airlines i just think they're all huge corporate things mm. in america that do not care about customers in the least and it's also hard to care about you know all the amount of people and all their situations but we've since moving up to the northwest of the united states they are like one of the main airlines they're usually more costly but we don't fly that often, so we usually choose to fly with them because they do feel like they don't screw you and mm. have some better amenities, just minor better amenities, and the planes are nicer. It's just they just feel like they care more than the rest do. So this doesn't surprise me all that much in that regard from them. Cool. Yeah. Not sponsored. <laughs> Not yet. How else am I going to get to Australia? <laughs> That ding has never been more appropriate. Alaska Airlines, if you're listening, Justin wants to visit Jim. We can work out a real nice deal. Hit me up. Road, a lot of our culture document to start from a couple different sources. I had a couple of friends that had bigger companies that lent me theirs, or I found some online. I forget. Cool. There's some big tech companies. We talked about this kind of stuff with like Netflix, I think, a while back. But yeah. It's also hard to distill it down. I probably should review it because it's been a long time. That was a function that I really liked about that new guru knowledge base app that Jay's investigating is that when you put stuff into it, you can assign. A, so how often should this information be checked for freshness? How soon like, I can re yes. ignore that review? Fantastic. <laughs> 
How often would you like to ignore this detail? It's <laughs> usually how my life works. <laughs> That's kind of uh, nice. So we, speaking of culture docs and onboarding and all of that world, we have interviewed a bunch of mm. new candidates for a production operator role this week. We had five interviews on, what day is it? Tuesday. Yeah. And they went really well, like super strong. Mm. It's going to be very hard to decide. That's why we would have been like, you start after lunch. But there was a couple of clear leaders. So, yeah, we're doing our due diligence and calling references and all of that stuff this week. And hopefully we'll have a job offer going out by, yeah, by the time this podcast comes out, certainly. But, uh, yeah, that was cool. Interviews went really well. Did you do anything different um, than normal? Nothing. Other than not hire right away, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Sarah did all the work in terms of preparing it all and did all of that. And yeah. so it was, you know, as Sarah, whenever Sarah does anything, she does it very well yeah. and thoroughly. So the everything was, all the boxes were ticked. So a really good list of questions and just well prepared for, basically. And... We got to this point where we had two candidates. The three of us, Ben, Sarah, and I, were pretty unanimous in terms of who we thought was the top candidate. Mm-hmm. But I was probably the only one who had more more doubts in terms of were we making the right decision. Mm-hmm. And like my gut was telling me one thing, and the, this person's credentials or skill set was sort of clearly like the one that we should choose. Ah. But there was another option where I was like, mm, who do I want to come to work with? Like. At the end of the day. Yep, that's huge. Who do I want to come and work alongside? And they were both great options. So, yeah, it was, I was a bit torn on that decision. But last time this happened, we just hired both of them. So <laughs> that might still happen. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, man, that'd be, that'd be nice. Hmm. We'll see. We'll see. I'm getting kind of drunk on the idea of we had somehow we got lucky and won a couple really nice sized jobs January and so I'm a little bit drunk on the idea of hiring although I need to Mm -hmm. my first goal is to create more of a cash buffer because it's been a little too bit up and down before I consider adding to the the anchor of, of costs Part of the other thing, I guess, that I wrote down was Ricky's been we're kind of waiting for this big job to start, and he had a couple of days where we didn't have a lot going on. He's like, "What can I help with?" And I was, and we've just talked about I've you know lamented a lot about how I feel like oh, I really need help with quotes and like emails and stuff. And he had traditionally not done much mm-hmm. of that, but then we were just finally like, "Let's just try it." Like he was super down to start to communicate with customers more directly and we always we, you know the caveat being it's like well when this is a secondary job and he's been doing great his gut <laughs> feelings were just like he would i always kind of do it as like a all right what do you want to send and they're usually a little hesitant than the person learning kind of communicate this way and so we'll you know talk about a draft or like of an email yeah, and stuff we kind of yeah. go back and forth and they're usually better than I can rate them so far. Like mine are always shorter and like more blunt <laughs> and his are like kind of the right length and 
saying all the nice things. And I'm like, maybe we should have done this a while back. <laughs> <laughs> but he's been doing pretty well at that. And he's been doing some other like sourcing stuff. We've been trying to find a couple different sources of products. And he's taken on a lot of that too. And kind of some down to like when cool. the machine's running or those kind of things. So it's been really nice to like, he took a weird weight off that I you kind of don't realize you have in those circumstances where it's just like there's mm. a, that extra layer of like, I haven't gotten back to all those people about their quotes and yeah, all of a sudden yeah. they're gone out of the fresh desk and I'm like, whoa, hmm, that's nice. <laughs> awesome. That's one, Ricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love my team and I have a lot of, yeah, like, this week right now i'm really enjoying the dynamic good good feelings but like just hearing you talk about that like makes me kind of remember when it was just me and one other or like just one a couple of people like there's something really nice about that dynamic like you've obviously got such a good helper in ricky yeah you really have um, to like that other egg. person when it's two people that's my you really gotta like really gotta like them <laughs> or don't talk much <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's a pretty special dynamic i think when you've got that close working relationship and it's just one you know a couple of you it's cool yeah yeah cool. it's lucky for him for sure he's always willing to do whatever i was aaron and mm. i joke sometimes about like if i had to go to war i'd take ricky for sure like <laughs> like if that had ever became a thing to like <laughs> He's he just never says no to anything. So I don't have a sample for that. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. What are yeah. you guys making this week? We've done this kind of repeat job. Can't really talk much about it. But they're just fairly generic mm. plywood parts, but a lot of them. They're nineteen hundred. So the stack mm. of material we got, I think, is the largest we've ever gotten yesterday. It was over six feet tall, which is a lot for our little shop. Yeah, huh? the, yeah so it's like 125 sheets. And wow, cool. Yeah, it's a three, three different parts. It's been up to like six, and they're, they kind of assemble into a thing. The client assembles them, and we've done it enough times that what I love about it, this job in particular, is I don't know if you do this, but like we get a new arrangement of parts and I have to kind of rain over something, but then. I have so many old versions of it in Fusion that I just like pull in the old like setup into the new file when I upload it and it, you know, copy all the stuff that I've gotten. I don't know, a decent video to like talk about how to optimize a file, like a, a, a cycle of a project. So like we have to cut a thousand of these parts and you only get 21 a sheet. Yeah. So all of that time between when we start and when we finish is time that we can either gain or lose profitability right it's mm -hmm. you start at that point and it's like we almost yeah, always start yeah. in a rough place and then optimize it so after time we've realized oh well you know they used to have tabs on them if we detab them on the machine it actually extends the cycle a little bit but it's like way better that you don't have to do it manually and they come off really clean and you basically just put them on a pallet at that point you know, yeah, we've, nice. we've optimized like tab cutting off and like the stock, the extra drop material. Mm -hmm. um, done some stuff with the end of the, what do you call it? The end of the 
file where it'll automatically load the next tool before it ends and then yeah, waits a certain amount that. of time and puts the pop-up pins up so that like they're there for you <laughs> once you've cleaned up to put the new sheet in. And it's like those stupid little yeah. things that you don't have to do 40 times yourself are both like a mm. great personal, like it feels nice when those all work well and you don't have to do those things. Cause it's like, have the robot do the robot thing. But it also is just like time we save, you know, like it feels good to like get it done faster and, I enjoy that That's optimization. Cool. You, that's awesome. I love that stuff too. Are you doing those program modifications with NC pass through in Fusion or are you just modifying G code? I used to do it that way. And some of the times I do, I'll add like a, a dwell that way with the pass through. But actually, with the one of the more complicated things I've done with, which is not that complicated, but it's like an if then statement inside the post processor for the, I call it the repeat cycle checkbox. Yeah. So it's a, an option when you're cool. posting the file, when you check it, it puts in, it changes out where it ends at the bottom and then gives you a place mm. to like enter in, which I could totally do this with the code too, but I go and edit the file afterwards cool. and just change the tool number that it needs to start with at the end. Yep. And then it, before it goes to park, it changes the tool. So it's immediately ready to start again. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm. Fun We're doing the if-then statement in the post. In the post. I can cool. probably share that. I don't, if, I don't know if it'll make sense for all, but I'm sure it'll... Yeah, I've thought about mm. trying... It's like Saunders That's does awesome. these like post-processor edit videos, and I'm always like, this is a little daunting to like make into a video, and I don't know if I understand it well enough to like describe it to others. <laughs> like, I did it yeah, once... Yeah. And it was like pre-chat GBT where I just like Googled enough stuff myself to, oh, that worked. Cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I love those jobs too where you can take the time. Like they're long enough and they've got enough labor in them that you can take the time to make those little optimizations as you go. Like the small job where it's like just feels like a waste of time to sort of stop and set something like that oh, up. Yeah. But like, you got a hundred sheets to run. It's like, yeah, I'm going to make this better for me and machine time. Yeah, that's awesome. I still don't know this name of the thing where you like, it's the same where it's like you go and watch something and then optimize it. <laughs> I don't know what that's called. Improvement. No, I don't know that either. No. <laughs> There's yeah. a good Japanese word for it. But I let Lara like, we're going to watch the cycle and I'll be like, hold on, I'm going to change that. And they like, go change the file, post it, and then it's like the next time it cut out three inches of like lifting that didn't need to happen or, awesome. you know, if it's awesome. also well into that whole discussion we had, this is like exactly why bigger jobs are so much more, so much better for you as the vendor to, op you can optimize things. Whereas like if we're just doing two sheets and that gets messed up, all of that margin and everything is just like packed into like, hopefully those go right. And it's usually rough and like, yeah. you know, something goes wrong, you're kind of screwed. So this, yeah, 100 sheets later, you can go from or some of our best, I think, I think it was one of these, this, I think I remember starting out at 45 minutes for one sheet and we got it down to like 27, including like yeah, changing nice. stuff out. And it was just like, just a couple improvements that changed dramatically. That's cool. Did you have to supply the material for the job or did the client supply? Yeah, we usually source material, just try to streamline mm. things. How, how's the plywood situation over there these days? Smoothed out. 
Cool. Baltic birch has ended up expensive. Every once in a while, I get a weird blow blip of that, but like it's also opened up minor options and acceptance from clients to use less than that material. And there being alternatives to some degree, like poplar stuff, I still wouldn't consider even close to an alternative. It was okay, but it feels more like balsa wood to me than it does yeah. poplar. But there, the thing we've been using every once in a while, and it's not like a super high need, is this white birch, which is also birch, I guess. But I don't know where, if it comes from somewhere else, but it's a little bit cheap. It's like almost half mm-hmm. the price. It's a little bit less consistent the, in both color and core void count you know like there's more void to it but in a large scheme of things like it's pretty decent i don't know when we found some success with people using that Mm, that's nice we still haven't really like unfortunately whereas you i wish i had yours looked hard enough but i would love to find some more like domestic product but it just i don't know Maybe I just haven't found the right thing. We have a lot of like fur material that mm-hmm. it's just not a good. If you're looking for something that was close to Baltic birch, it's not. It's more like pine, you know. It's like it's just not. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like what your comparison was to. What do you call that stuff? The hoop. Australian hoop, hoop pine. pine. Yeah, well, it, it, it it's pine as well, so it's got so not very flat. Andy was out on site yesterday, pretty much all day fixing. A job where the doors were all a bit late. <laughs> you know, lifting away at the corners. And he went there and put a whole bunch of magnets and latches and retuned all the doors. And so, yeah, I mean, birch, birch. Technically, you shouldn't make any doors out of plywood, but birch doors are pretty reliable in our experience. But yeah, definitely more of a challenge with hoopine. But we're battling through the challenges because we want to use local material mm-hmm. and we've got it available, so we'll persist. Does it stay flat um, after you machine it? Or consistent? Yeah. It doesn't keep moving it's, as much? Yeah, yeah. No, it keeps it keeps moving. We had a, a big bank of lockers that went up to Queensland into the humidity. I mean, it went into an office environment, but... It left the workshop looking all true and flat, and by the time it was installed on site, all the doors were. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, challenges there, and I think we're just going to try and design around it. So that client that we're doing those lockers for, we've been in discussion of like just different ways that we could do the doors. So maybe doing an inset door that's like fully inset, so that it kind of conceals any deviation in where yep. the door yep. ends up sitting. Oh, yeah. We're getting there. Chatter lines. Learning to... Chatter lines. It's coffee time. Did I do that? Did you... Oh, you did that. I was like, how the hell did... That was me. I just get confused when we have the same... <laughs> we have the phones. And I'm like, how did I do that? Having made one video, like non-short video, I kind of got the bug for it again. I think you talked about that too. Like, I would love... Like... And, you know, I was saying I get drunk on having a good month and I'm like, oh, maybe I could help hire help to do videos. Maybe I could hire help to do sales. <laughs> it's like my mind starts spinning. I'm like, oh, this is great. Like things are good. I could make I have like three products I want to make that'll free me up. But I've been trying to like 
I think it would be hugely beneficial for us as a business, probably me personally too, to like make a consistent upload schedule of like proper YouTube videos. They always, you know, everybody always talks about how the algorithm basically will do so make consistency and show to your normal viewers. And but I have like fifty video ideas that like I just put off because it's it doesn't seem like it's a good idea to spend that time, you know, in the moment. But then once I do it, I'm like, Oh, that was good. I liked that feeling. Like maybe I should do that. And I haven't figured out how ultimately it probably, if I could fit it into a more daily schedule. And so it's like a little bit all through the week, but I don't know. You dice up your, your time enough. It's, Oh, I have six minutes to work on this. (laughs) this thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i'm trying to work that out at the moment too it's like i did there's just certain things that i miss every week like for instance editing this podcast i like classically i do it after hours like before going to bed or something it's like why do i do this to myself like just make time during the week to Mm -hmm. do it you know every tuesday afternoon or something like yep yep and that that applies to a whole bunch of things. So, like, I can make time for shooting. Like, I, I'm not terrible at, like, getting into the photo booth, setting up stuff, you know, shooting some mm-hmm. video shots. I'm then terrible at actually making time to review that or get videos into yep. the edit stage and then through to publishing. So, mm-hmm. that's part of my, like, default diary rebuild. I'm just trying to... I wrote a list. I was like, what are all the things that I classically don't make time for in the week that I actually mm-hmm. need to be doing mm-hmm. to move this thing forward? Now, I wouldn't like try and allocate them a slot where I do them every week or every day, depending on what they are. But it's hard. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Don't I'm know. Doing terrible at keeping a schedule lately. And I think it would really be beneficial because whenever I start to slide into the schedule again, I'm like, oh, I'm getting so much done that I should be getting done. And it feels good. Yeah. yeah it's just frustrating. But can you get can you get R- Ricky to hold you to account? Can he like lock you in the office and be like, it's that time, Justin. Why did he say to J- me? J- J- Justin. Sometimes he's super nice. J- 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 in this regard, this happened the other day, and I've always noticed. I always feel bad when he he wants to leave, and I'm still here, and we end up talking in the office for a long time, just as like chatting. And I'm always <laughs> like, I'm always like, dude, you can leave. Like, go ahead, go. Like, you don't have to wait for me. And he was like, I don't know, it's getting pretty late. I know you need to go home. And I was like, I have people like this in my life too often. They're like too nice, and I can't keep a schedule. And they're like pushing me. Like Ricky's literally as forceful as he can which isn't you know very forceful it's like pushing me out the door basically <laughs> like you know yeah. you need to go too <laughs> <laughs> yeah that external accountability is so good though it is i have been I checking in that regard it. been checking that my like accounting stuff and i'm actually today was my goal to wrap up last month completely and I've been looking at like right. the profitability through the month, which we just got lucky that that was like a great one of the best months we ever had with a new huge job. And so awesome. it turned into like a really positive month finally after, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, it felt really counterintuitive this week hiring 
a new person when we've had like a couple of months of low, mm-hmm. slow sales. And like we'd had to do a little logic check in the car park the other day of like, are we doing the right thing? It's like, yes, you know, sales are going to pick up. It's fine. We're not stressed about it. Mm. Uh, and we need this person. You know, we're really going to need this person in a month's time when X, Y, Z happens. So, yeah, it's the right thing to do. And it's like listening to you talk about, you know, getting drunk on the idea of hiring more people to do things. It's like, it's that classic chicken and egg, right? If you had sales support, maybe you could win more jobs and then there would be more money rolling in. It's like, at what point do you just commit? I don't know. What? That's exactly right. Like, I mean, we've, People that listen to this are probably just like, you dumb at, dumb. You guys say this all the time. Like, what's wrong with you? But it's like, literally in January, we got lucky on a couple of big jobs that kind of walked one that was repeat. And it's like a home run every time. Because of how November and December had gone, I was like, crap, we need work. So I was responding and winning smaller jobs that I maybe I would have ignored more in the past. But then Ricky started getting into it. I was like, wow, like if Ricky can on his own win jobs that I don't have to deal with, like that is such a game changer of, you know, divvying up that workflow that like I keep thinking about how you said one of the biggest changes was when you got rid of the sine wave effect, the large factor of like, oh, we're busy. We don't need work. And then that's that's always been my case. And it's largely because I feel like I don't have time. Also, the like panic of money disappears when you're doing well. And so you're just like, oh, well, we don't need that job right now, which sounds crazy. But once again, splitting your day up into enough pieces, it it doesn't, you do the things that feel necessary, or at least I do. And that's the thing, the chicken and the egg of like, obviously, Ricky, this is not as going to be his full-time gig. He's good at making things. How do I hire that position? I've never successfully hired a sales position. And it seems, it seems kind of necessary like, I know there's a lot of time where we're not making stuff that we could be. Yeah. yeah. Something our coaches always bang on about is, like, when you're the busiest is when you need to be selling the hardest. It's like, so you don't oh. get that slump effect. You need to yeah. stay on it, keep the momentum. But, yeah, hiring sales, God, I don't know what a tricky thing to try and do. I don't know. Like, there's a reason we have hired sales internally by promoting Aaron because he knows everything about the business and how it works. It's like the idea of doing that, pulling someone in external to do that role is a little bit overwhelming. I mean, I'm sure we could have great success too doing that, but yeah, it was a crazy idea. You know, every time I have the same feeling, it's like you go back to that we're special thing that I hear everybody talk about too, and I'm sure there's harder things to sell you know, out there than job shop work. Like it's not, it's not that hard. I'm sure in the end, not, it's not even that incredibly technical compared to, I don't know if you needed it. Like I had this friend, they went from selling like commercial copiers, had no knowledge of them when they started, was the top seller in the region in a couple of years. (laughs) And it's just, it's, it's what, what does that say? Right? Like they were really good at, their job and that kind of thing but also yeah you can learn the technical details you need to to say the right things i would assume right like and then that person also i think they moved the regions ended up selling other supplies for businesses that were way non-technical and then also like vehicles you know like it's 
And yet I'm, I'm here going, well, my business is very special. Like nobody understands wood machining. <laughs> it's not a copier. Well, mm. maybe mm-hmm. I'll put up a hiring thing. See where we're at. It's been about a year since I tried that and it was pretty rough the last time. Yeah, the, the, the job market's weird here too, but we, being a small business with a good sort of brand presence, we had no issues. Like we had so many applications, so many good applications of people who wanted to come and work for us. You know, not people that just were applying because it was a job ad, but people that were like, oh, yeah, I want to work for them. Yeah, that's cool. Like, I think you'd be in a similar spot. Like, you've got great brand presence. Yeah. Great people, great environment. Like, why wouldn't you want to come and work for PDX? Yeah, for sure. No, I think we get some of that. And it just felt weird between, like, not being completely comfortable hiring, you know, like, financially. And then... And stability-wise, if we're hiring, I, I have too strong of a filter of, like, I don't know, man... I don't know how this next couple of months work. I don't want to have to like let somebody go. You know, I just feel a lot of responsibility for that kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah. So sure. anyway, I think, I think we're definitely at a place if things somewhat continue in the same trajectory that kind of move on from me trying to do far too many things in yep. the situation. Mm. That's true. Yep. Cool. Yep. Yep. We didn't even get to, yeah. Got through a lot of stuff there. I'll leave the marketing chat to next week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Good to chat. Hope, oh, hope to hear you've hired. You. I'll be scratching around with hand planes made chair course. Oh. With the the famous Burn Chandley, who makes beautiful Windsor chairs. That's quite the foreshadow. I'm doing his six-day chair course next week, and I cannot wait. Wow. That's how he got me onto it. Fancy. People do that yeah, here too. I don't my... know of the famous people, but there are these places you go to and make a chair in a barn somewhere. Mm. In a barn. Yeah, it's in Melbourne. Johnny got me onto it. He did it with his dad late last year and just said I remember that, yeah. How how good it was and no it's gets booked out like six months in advance, so sorry sorry, Burn, you don't need the promotion, but yeah, it's really good. Supposed to be really good, so I'll be doing cool. that next week. Sounds good. Birthday present to myself. Nice. And like it. Yeah. Cool. But see you for the secret show and chat soon. Yep. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thank you. There's glasses. This is I kind of forgot I was wearing them, but they're also like destroying the back of my head a little bit. <laughs> Pinching like mad. Are they prescription? No. So, funny story no. of, do you know Winston Moy, content yeah. creator? He had some story about, like, he always is, like, adding stuff to his McMaster cart, which is that cool hardware store that yep. you can buy stuff from. And he's like, I think I got to get these. I just quickly looked him up on the site, and I was like, 10 bucks. Those ought to be entertaining. And I, you could, they don't have <laughs> color photos on their website. Typically, they're only black and white. So I thought, oh, they're going to be yeah, like yeah. S- stainless or something. <laughs> they were gold. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of match my hat. They do. They're fantastic. I was wearing them the other for the first day yesterday. And 
Ricky stopped me and he's like, where did you get those? And I was like thinking he was going to like, those are hilarious. He's like, I love them. I got to get some of those. So I have another one on the, there you go. There you go. This is a good in the middle with my, can actually, I would say, what the heck are those? <laughs> it's a good, um, we have a little thumbnail for once. Stunner shades. Cool. All right. Stunner. Come on. See you later. Bye. Bye.